Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hi, everyone. AMD here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Today's guest that you're going to hear speak, her name is Jalicia, and we had an absolute wonderful time speaking with each other. It's not the first time we've spoken. I actually had the pleasure of being on her podcast called The Thoughtful Ho, and that's how originally I met Jalicia. And since then, um, we've stayed in contact, and now it's time for her to come on to this show. Um, Jalicia is such an inspiring person and um, really goes to the heart of things. And um, as you're going to learn in this episode, she was born with two broken legs as as uh, as some would see as a disadvantage um but you know she is an incredibly strong person and has perspectives and understandings that um you know I certainly don't she opened my eyes to the way we learn in school and to the way um specifically people of color, specifically women of color, have a much harder time out in the work world um, from the jump. And listen, not that I've been blind or ignorant, ignorant to these things in the past, but she worded it in such a way that was so tangible and so um, easy for all of us to understand and to really like sit back and ask yourself, like, is this right? Is this fair? Is this how we want to continue on in the world, treating people like this? Um, and for me, the answer is no. Uh, it, it's, not, it's not fair, and it's not how I want to treat people, and it's not how I want the rest of the world to treat people. And, um, you know, the time, time is up for that bullshit. And so I really want to give a huge thank you to Jalicia for spending the time with me and for sharing her story with all of you. Um, because I think you're going to learn a lot from listening to Jalicia's story. So I'm going to shut my fucking white mouth <laughs> and let her have the mic and tell you what, what it is. Jalicia, here she comes. I'm so excited to introduce you to today's guest, but before we get to Jalicia, I want to remind you that this is becoming a listener-funded podcast, and thank you so much to people who have been donating. Um, you're making our dreams come true, and just remember that all donations are going towards paying our guests, retroactively current and new guests. So if you listen to this podcast regularly and you really, really love it, then please consider sending a donation to paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast. Thank you in advance for helping us get money into strippers' hands, people who have been out of work for a long time during the pandemic. Enough of all of that. Let's meet our new guest, Jalicia. Hello, queen. 
Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. And I love what you do and what you stand for. So I'm all about it. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you and talk about all of the amazing things that you do. But first, can you let our audience know what your pronouns are? Yeah, so I go by she, her, hers, or them, but spelt T-H-E-M-M-E. So them like them. Interesting. Is this is this something that you kind of came up with or am I am I'm just not that hip. So I, you know, I need I to be there's, learned. There's so many pronouns and there's so many ways that people go about, you know, identifying themselves, right? Yeah. Comfortable. So I like I don't know if it's a thing. I feel like I just kind of was like, oh, I like this way because I am a female. Yeah. But I'm also like, I do have very non-binary traits as well. So yeah, that's really intriguing to me because I am like, have a lot of questions for myself lately. And so would you mind talking about what you like? Cause you're like, oh, I am a female, but I have non-binary traits. Traits, not treats. Oh my gosh, could you imagine? Um, <laughs> would you I mean, mind? A thing too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, could you just like I don't know share about like what you go mean a little it? bit deeper? Yeah. Into it? Yeah. So uh, basically, I've always been somebody who loved like men's clothing and um. I guess presenting myself while I was trying to find myself within my like sexuality and things, I presented myself more on the masculine side, but I realized that's not exactly who I am. Like I, I do like men's clothing and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, but I also like having that mixture of like putting on a red lip or like doing my eyebrows and all that kind of stuff. So to me, it only felt right doing like a mixture of the two right so I was able to have my femininity and also have that strongness of like being comfortable within masculine clothing and all that stuff and as I became more comfortable within myself my outer appearance ended up being more comfortable as well yeah did you notice like as a young person that you were playing with the boys or like you know oh yeah for sure for sure I always knew that I was gonna um be somebody who didn't have like a Barbie dream house kind of vibe to it I always um had that aspect of like being I guess what somebody would call like being like a boy instead of like a girl when I was younger and a child. Right. And people would be like, I don't know why your daughter likes to like play in the dirt and why she wants to go and do this and that. And at the same time, I was like, I like doing those things, but I also like playing Barbies, but it's just, you know, (laughs) I can't always be playing with the barbs out here. (laughs) Like I also kind of was figuring it out. Um, during that, uh, adolescent time that's when I started to realize okay I'm not 
I'm not necessarily like all my friends around me. So like it started making me feel weird and me feel strange. And I started to question if I was normal, <laughs> right? Cause you don't know, you're just a kid and you're kind of like trying to figure everything out, right? Totally. Yeah. I was just talking about this with my mother last night where I'm like, I've just been told my whole life, like that I'm should dress and look a certain way. And I've been put in this box, I feel like, and it's not until recently where I've been like, what the fuck? I don't want to be in that box. Cause like I got at big tits and blonde hair and I'm like the Barbie, you know, like you said, and like, I'm annoyed by that now. Um, I just feel like growing up, I was just told so many things that were so binary that Mm -hmm. when you grow up and you start to question things, especially if you grew up in like a religious or spiritual household, because like I grew up in a pretty um, religious and spiritual household and like we go to church every Sunday and and then eventually, like, it just got to a place where I was just like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I don't want to be coming here. People aren't friendly as they're right. coming off to be. <laughs> like, I just—they're <laughs> super judgy. Yeah, like, Religion so judgy. Like, I, I uh, was at church, and my sister, she was pregnant around this time, and she's nineteen at the time she was pregnant. So um, she had like, she was going to school. So she was in college. She was also a Sunday school teacher at the church. And um, I heard people talking about her saying like, can you believe that she's pregnant and like, she's not married and she's in school. So how is she going to do this? And I just, I just remember being like, my sister and like, are you guys not supposed to be friendly and not judgy and like you guys are supposed to be sweet people right I don't understand why it's not happening like that and at that point I was like yeah I can't do this I I can't this has ruined and skewed my views of what I believe religion and like going to church is all about right it's all about accepting people but you can't accept people you actually doing the opposite so it confused me. <laughs> like, exactly. I was like it's so weird like everything's supposed to be about love and yeah. about you know unity and helping one another and this is not like at that time I think I was like 12 so I realized like mm, this is this is not where it's at right now Yeah, I can't even tell you how many sex workers I've spoken to on this show that like grew up in a religious, you know, in a religious atmosphere and like at a very young age was like, wait, something's off and then ended up being like the biggest slut. And I'm just like, what is this pattern that I'm finding? You know, inner rebellion that (laughs) up inside and then it just comes out and you're just like, okay. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, like, those aspects of life that you didn't know that you weren't supposed to be doing. (laughs) Right. You were shunned away from your sexuality and discovering yourself and asking questions about your body and your changes. And 
the questions that are going in your head. You have nobody to talk to because religion doesn't talk about that kind of stuff. It kind of shames it. So, Mm. What about in school? Did you go to school outside of the States? Yes. So I'm in Canada. I was Mm -hmm. born and raised in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So um, yeah, like growing up, I moved a lot. And because I moved a lot, I just didn't even bother like making friends with people because I was like, what's what's the point? Like <laughs> I'm gonna be your friend, we're gonna get close and then I'm gonna move. So it doesn't matter. So um yeah, I was also super different from a lot of the kids I was going to school with. Like I was um I was born with broken legs, so I was homeschooled for a very long time. Wow. And when I finally went to school, like I, I craved school, like I craved it so much because my sisters were going and I'm like, I need to go to school. This seems like such a great thing. Like mm. you guys have recess. What's that? <laughs> like all these yeah. things, right? And um, like I craved going to school. So I didn't go to school until I was in grade like three. And at okay. that point, like all these people were in kindergarten, started, mm-hmm. you know, building their little friendships and stuff. And I always felt like such a little outsider with like my leg braces on and I'm just like going to school and I'm kind of like walking funny and doing weird things that nobody else understands. But I'm like, this is what it's supposed to be. School's great. Why isn't no one playing with me? Like, yeah. So naturally I feel like I've always been like an outcast. So talking about sex work, going into sex work, all that like, I feel like it's just a natural progression of what I'm already used to. I get it. You know, going against the grain, being a little bit of a rebel, like being a little bit of an outsider. Yeah. So do you mind if I ask about your legs? Is that okay to talk about? No, 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 of course. Okay. Um, Thank you. Um, What... I just, I don't even know where to begin. I've not met anybody or spoken to anybody. Maybe I have met somebody who had their legs broken at birth, but didn't come up. But um, what, what is it like in daily life? Like, are you healed? Do you feel okay? Or there, are there, is that like a residual issue for you? I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's like a residual issue, mm-hmm. but just within the, like the last couple of years, like I've had broken toes in the last couple of years. I had a broken foot. Like Oh, that's right. Broken January. Yeah. So we talk to each other. Yeah. So like I just feel like I've always been like super like leg fragile and like talking to my mother or my grandmother about like any issues and with my legs or my feet. And they're like, oh my gosh. Like you know you're not supposed to do that. You know you shouldn't be doing mm. that. Like when I told them in January that I broke my but rock climbing, they were like, what? you shouldn't be rock climbing. You, you were born broken. Like, can you just chill? And I'm like, no, I want to do this. I gotta do this. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, how does that, it was it just the way that you came out? I think, I think the way that like the doctor had like pulled me out of my mom, like, I guess, because I like, Back in the like the 90s and stuff, like early 90s, 80s type deal, like they didn't 
really have like knowledge of certain things. Mm-hmm. And as things progressed, I feel like they've learned a lot of more useful tips for people into the world. And on top of it, when you're part of a marginalized community and you're a person of color, it doesn't matter what you're saying to doctors a lot of the time. You could be like, I'm in pain. This doesn't feel right. Like, this is weird. This doesn't feel like my other two births. What's going on? Like, but at that point, doctors don't listen to you really when you're a marginalized person, person of color, they just, they just kind of brush it off. Right. I have heard. Yes. Um, I've yes. And it's infuriating and I'm sorry that that very like the stats are scary about Mm -hmm. having women and people of color come in and it gets even worse if you're a woman and you're a person of color because like you're definitely just put into this box of like you know it's probably all in their head like (laughs) they've dealt with years of slavery they can deal with a headache (laughs) like yeah like automatic like oh you you got pain mechanism control (laughs) but like it really is scary and yeah, it's it's worse to hear about the amount of people that go in the hospital to give birth mm-hmm. and they don't come out, but their baby comes out and is given up for adoption or put into foster care. Right. So it's like, right. It's scary. It is. The world is a scary place. In oh, general. Yeah. It, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I noticed that you went to journalism school and, um, and something that you wrote in preparation for this podcast to me was that you only took the course because of the lack of representation in the black and indigenous people of color community and LGBTQ in media. Can you share more about that with us. I'd love to share. Talk away, please. Um, Yeah. So I was given an opportunity when I was 16. I'm 30 now. I'll be 31 soon. So I was given an opportunity about 15 years ago um, to work for this magazine, um, Urbanology Magazine. And I was able to do um, event coverage. So I was able to fly to places to cover events and be able to go to concerts and all sorts of things. I did book reviews, movie reviews, album reviews, like all sorts of things. So I really loved the fact that the founder was a female and a person of color. And she too took journalism in school because the lack of representation. And she is a couple years older than me. So the fact that somebody a couple years older than me went into journalism for a way of having representation and years later creates this magazine 
and is the founder of something super amazing is so encouraging, right? So I was like, you know, something, there's still no representation. So I have to take this because it's a passion. I really love it. And I need to see representation. Like I need to see things from my perspective. And I think people need to see things from my perspective too. Um, But with that being said, um, I think she was shunned a lot of times before she decided, you know, something, I'm just going to create my own thing Mm. because she herself was always somebody who stood up for the little guy and she would have long reviews in like newspapers within Toronto about an issue that she was passionate about. And it was crazy that they would print something from this person that's in like high school in the newspaper. So I think that was like something that pushed her and seeing her drive and her pushing against all barriers and making something that seems like it's an impossible thing when people are telling you it's impossible, right? Like that just motivated me. And the fact that there still wasn't representation, I was like, I need to do this. So I will never forget being in college and being like, okay, we had this assignment and the teacher passes out all these forms and the forms are a test. And the test has different questions on it. There was a hundred questions and you're supposed to deduct a certain amount of points. So you have a hundred questions and a hundred points. And as you deduct, like some points are, or some questions are worth like point. Some are worth half a point. Some Mm. are worth two points, right? So you're seeing how many points you have after this. The assignment had questions on it that were like, are you a male? Do you identify as a female? Are you a person of color? Are you part of the LGBTQ community? And as you like cross things out, like the teacher's trying to like prove to us and show us like in the real world, this is what they look at, right? Mm -hmm. So he's like, okay, so how many points are you left with? And I'm like, I'm left with like 10 points at the end of this thing. Like I had to minus, there was no plus. I didn't gain, I lost. And he's like, well, why is that? And I was like, I lost within the first like five questions because I'm a woman of color. I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community. I am coming from um, a home that isn't, (laughs) like a rich household. I'm also um, coming from immigrant parents. Like I lost within the first couple questions and he's like, okay, so I want to hear from the white men in this um, class. Like, how did you do? And they're like, oh, I am at like 90. Some people were at like 110 and it's just- How did they get points? I thought we couldn't add. They got extra? For being white males? Yeah. So basically for the hundred questions, it's either you minus those points or you add those points. So everybody starts off with a hundred. That's the base. And 
I was just like, okay, so this is the world. This is what I'm getting into right now. And I just remember being like, I don't like this assignment. It's too real world for me. <laughs> like, was that high school you said? No, this was when I was in college. That was in college. Work. Okay. And they were like, this is okay. Like, yeah, like the questions were so hardcore. Like they were like things like, oh, are you coming from parents that like, did your parents go to school? Did your parents get married? Do they own a house? And it's like, um, what fucking school is this like coming from a home that is not um to par according to the sheet (laughs) like according to the sheet i should have been a crazy person (laughs) so like according to this like the only outcome for this sheet is for me to be like okay well i'm sad like but it was to prove that you had to work harder because the teacher himself, like he was of Indian descent and he was a first generation immigrant. So um, he was like, this is to prove that everybody else in the class that didn't get to add any points today, you guys are the ones that are going to have to work your ass off basically. Like you have to work in order to get even half as far as your like classmates here. And I just remember sitting there like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I'm in a journalism class and it's like predominantly like white men in this class. So yeah, and, and the last thing we want is white men to continue to control the narrative in this world. Exactly, right? So, yeah. Like, and that was, like, my first year, and I just remember being like, okay, so if I leave and I drop out, then I'm going to be a statistic. And, like, I was thinking about, like, the future. Like, what if I had a kid and my kid's doing this class? Now it's, like, the the questions are, like, did your parents go to college or university? And it's, like, no. Like, I'm, I kind of felt, like, okay, I need to break this cycle of whatever is happening right now. I need to break the cycle of the views of people towards people within marginalized communities. Because, mm-hmm. you know they think that you're not as intelligent because you haven't had all the resources, but at the end of the day, you haven't had all those resources because they weren't ever given to you as an opportunity, right? You're seen as less than, so you're never giving those opportunities. Right. So that's like a long winded way of saying like why I thought, okay, like it's really important to stay in this course. And, oh, and the last year, that like this is the year that we're like graduating and stuff um i had been diagnosed with like ovarian and cervical cancer so i graduated like a year after everybody else because i had to like do like a gap time and yeah like the teacher had said you know something for all the students that are of color you're going to have to push because within media, 
they have like, it's kind of like a checklist. And if they've filled that quota of people that they need. So if they filled out, like we have one person that is of Indian descent, we have one person of African descent. Okay. We're good. We, we got enough cultures in here going on. Like he's like, yeah, you guys have to like fight and make sure that any work that you're ever going to turn in is perfect. And you have to make sure that you understand that you're going to put out a bunch of resumes to all these companies and they're not going to come back to you. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay and you have to keep pushing and driving and stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, in the beginning of this course, like I had this terrible test. (laughs) Like it made me like, remember I had this terrible test in the beginning. (laughs) And now I have this like professor that's telling me I still got to work hard. So it's like, you know, I, I'm so happy to be able to have somebody like you that is willing to have me on their platform and actually talk to me and speak with me. And I'm honored. Are you really, kidding me? It really makes it like worth every trial and tribulation in a way. Right. Yeah. But the way I see it is like, thank you for saying yes to me. That's mm-hmm. how I see it. You know, I, I'm not doing you a favor. You're, you're doing me. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm genuinely honored to have you here and to share these stories so vulnerably and authentically. So like. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So. um definitely my motto. Living authentically. Being authentically you. Yeah. I can, I can tell that from the encounters that we've had and looking through your account and reading your website and, you know, and so, um, so that if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about some points of things that you have said on your website that really stood out to me. Um, and I guess to kind of stay on topic, one of the things you wrote, it's so crazy to think that this whole idea for the podcast came from not being able to find topics like the ones covered readily available. So just to give everyone context, you have your own podcast. So I'd love it if you could um, tell us the name of your podcast. I want you to describe it in your own words and then explain that that part. It's crazy to think this whole idea from the podcast came from being able to not find topics. Yeah. So the Thoughtful Ho is the name of the podcast and it came from having friends that were sex workers and having friends that were people of color and not being able to find anything or any information or have voices um, being heard. There's so many um, platforms out there for so many different topics and different people and sex workers and dancers and people of the BIPOC community and people of LGBTQ plus, they are sadly put on like the back burner and it takes people like you and I to be able to share those stories. And it's really important that people hear stories that aren't being shared on the, in the mainstream media. 
Mm. And I feel like those are the most authentic stories, the ones that aren't being shared. And it's really sad that you can't really find that stuff. It's not readily available for you. So I wanted to make sure that I had a place that people could feel comfortable and people could come to and that people would understand that they're not alone and understand that there's people just like them. You have friends, you have allies, you have people that you can come to, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So very recently um, I reached out to um, like sponsor type, you know, platforms that help match up podcasts with platforms and, um, you know, yes, a stripper podcast, because I'm very particular about what I'll let advertise or sponsor the show. It has to be ethically like an ethical brand and, and not too capitalistic or commercially. And so I, so I was like, let me see if there's a service. And, and I like applied, I guess you can call it. And they were like, you're too small denied and I got denied like by three different services because of the listener count and I was just thinking like but how do we get bigger without your help yeah it's it's (laughs) a weird concept yeah people want your growth and want to see what you can do for them right like you need to understand that I can't do anything for you until you give me a shot. Like you give me a chance. Right. How do you you get these references if nobody ever is willing to come and be with you and like give you a chance? And yeah, just don't understand. The concept is so weird. Yeah. So weird. Such a capitalistic concept. It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like it really is crazy. I, yeah, I'm, comp- I'm like, so. Colonialism at its finest. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm so s- sick of capitalism to the point where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do to make money for a minute because I can't be involved in this shit and and that's a extremely privileged place i understand that um you know i'm very fortunate to have family take care of me during this transitional time but the thought of getting involved in capitalism is just like just scraping a fork across my brain basically like it's nasty you know what i mean that was really graphic i'm sorry if that was (laughs) triggering to anybody scary in a sense that like little pieces of paper have become currency and not the value that you can bring to a person or the help that you can give someone like all of those things it's like I would have loved to be able to help on someone's farm and they look at me and be like I'm willing to have you around me I'm willing to let everybody know about you (laughs) like Right. It's like if you don't have assets to share with a lot of these sponsors and stuff, they're not willing to give you a shot, give you a chance. Exactly. And then, and it was almost kind of like each one that rolled in, I was like, well, who is, who is going to give 
us a chance then because I look at it as all of us, right? Because the goal here is to make this show successful so that we can give back to the community. And um, it it just felt really rejecty and like, yeah. and like, yeah, like almost like the numbers are what create your worth. Numbers, not just in like, just in general, I'm speaking, like how much you have in your bank account, how fancy is your car, um, how many listeners do you have, how many followers do you have? And it's just like, that's what's become like this, this way of measuring our worth as human beings. And I find that to be almost robotic and less human. Yeah, it is. It is scary. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when Instagram started out and people were like, oh, I have this many followers and that many followers. And I just thought it was so like such a weird concept. And I just remember being like, unless this thing is paying me and paying my bills, I just don't care. (laughs) And then it just like blew up and became a platform where people could really just like pay their bills off of this thing. And I was like, this is such a weird concept because all these influencers look the same and I don't know why anybody wants influencing in their lives because when people are under the influence of something it's usually a negative thing so I don't understand <laughs> the concept of like influencers like so you're basically saying you're some type of drug <laughs> like I just don't understand like yeah, that's a, a good point. Like, where did that come from? Like, how did that word become the thing that we're going to use for these people? <laughs> I don't know. They can spin anything and make it look good, right? Just so long yeah. as um, the people on the top are able to sell their products and keep lining their own pockets and then getting rich while the rest of their workers are getting poor. Like, and And everyone's just like well, that's just how it is. That's capitalism. And then they just like keep doing, you know, and I'm just, I'm like, how are we all still just like chugging along with this idea as we're watching the system continue to be more and more broken and at such a rapid pace and it, and we're also watching it in such a rapid manner because we're constantly, we have all these screens, you know, everything's online. It's like, I don't even know if we're consumers or if we're consuming. Like, I don't understand the difference. Like, are you selling me something at the same time that I'm consuming your pictures? (laughs) Like, I just don't, like, it's just such a weird world that we live in. And I think I realized this, like, maybe maybe like 10 years ago, I was just like, honestly, the world is just full of ads and I need to be able to put blockers on where I'm not going to be so oversaturated with all this stuff. Like there's ads on our phones all the time. You talk and your phone's all of a sudden putting up these ads that you were just talking about. And you're like, okay, you're driving along the road and there's an ad, a billboard, this, that. I, I just, it's so much and it's so overwhelming. You forget that you're a person and you're not just a consumer. You forget that 
you also have to just live a life and you forget about the things that really matter to you. Like, do you care about having these new pair of shoes or are you being told to care about having these new pair of shoes? Right. Like when um, the new iPhones come out and everyone's in line, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I remember I went to the store and I was like, I'll have another, um, I'll have another iPhone four, please. And they, they laughed at me. They were like, you can't even get that anymore. And I was like, Oh, like, cause I don't give a fuck about your new phone. You know? I literally <laughs> just bought a new phone and I've had like the same phone. I'm like, a, I'm a total grandma because I don't believe in that whole consuming of things. Right. So I like to like run whatever I have to the ground. <laughs> like I just got a new phone. I just recently this month, I got a new car and I'm like, everything that I have is getting run to the ground to the last bolt to the last charge. <laughs> like, yeah, just the way that I am. Like, yeah, it really has to be really done with for me to even think about getting a next something because I just I've just never been somebody that can consume like that. And in high school, I think I was so blinded by that kind of stuff. So I was very like consuming, consuming, consuming everything. And I just remember being like, you're not going to be able to buy all these fancy things when you move out or like your own. And that was my mentality. So I kept like consuming so much stuff to the point where I was just like, I wear the same like five things. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. What's the point of having all of this stuff at the end of the day? Like, is it making me happy or am I told that it's going to make me happy? Like, I don't know anymore, right? Yeah. I, I've been joking. Like, I, um, I, I, I was talking to uh, my mom. I talked to her a lot because I live with her. So I reference conversations a lot with her about her. But, um, I was like, I'm so tired of seeing like politicians or celebrities like tagging like wearing Versace or like wearing Dior or whatever. And I'm like, I want to see somebody write wearing shit that I found at Goodwill. Like, <laughs> do that. That I would be impressed with. You wearing Versace? I'm not fucking impressed with your Versace. Okay. I don't understand. Like half the time I'm like, you look so basic. Like I just... <laughs> Like, I don't understand. Like, you look so basic. You literally look like everybody. And it's weird. It is weird. Everybody has a particular look that they're going for. The contours are getting crazy. The lip. Oh, you mean crazy. on the face? The-, the ass. Like, yeah, the contour on the face. Like, I just can't. Like, everybody looks the same. And they all look like they're in pain. I'm like, your face doesn't move. yeah yeah it's i mean but it's all because it's what's been sold to us is this is the ideal way to look and to be and what to wear and it's what we're talking about it's constant commercialism which is something that i think gets left out of the conversation because like i think there's like three top things that we're trying to dismantle which is capitalism white supremacy patriarchy but commercialism commercialism is huge and that involves the media and the media is a huge contributor to all the things and include commercialism break down the media and there's only like 
three or four main stations that all branch out to own substations. And it's scary because it's like there's no voices of mm-hmm. anybody that's different. Mm-hmm. Even when you see somebody that's different, mm-hmm. like they are programmed to be a certain way. So even that, like, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to like go into media and be someone's like black girl magic. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be this black girl magic for your quota. Like that, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I'm about. Right. Like you'd much rather be hired for, your skill and your talents exactly. and what you bring to the table. Right. That's why I was like, honestly, if I can't find it, I will create it. And that was it. Like, I was like, I'm going to have the thoughtful hoe because I can't find it and I need to create it. I need to create it because I need something that is for me, by me. And if no one even listens to it, it is therapy. <laughs> like, right. listening. And having listeners, it's just a bonus. That's just like that added lovely bonus. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was therapeutic to be able to talk to people and have lovely conversations with people and be honest and authentic and real and no saturation of the BS that's all around us, right? Like just getting down to our bare bones really like just being as like raw and naked as possible really right I have a really random question for you yeah but like I'm just curious to know if you could see if you like what would make you excited to see like a Tide commercial or like a pizza commercial or somebody like because for me every time I see commercials I'm like why are the most beautiful people washing their own clothes? Like super beautiful, rich looking people. Already clean clothes. <laughs> You're not buying Tide. You're not. <laughs> so what would you like? Because I know what I would like to see in commercials to represent everyday basic shit that we use. What would you I like to see? I legit saw it in a commercial. It was a Pampers diaper commercial. And it was this black man changing his black daughter's diaper in the commercial. And I was like, this is around right now during this time because Black Lives Matter. Let's be honest. Like, because of the Black Lives Matter hype, everybody is like, I am not one of them. So let's get some black people on TV. Like, you know, <sighs> yeah. commercials. But when I saw it, I was like, you know something? It's a huge step in the right direction. Like it's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah. But it's coming out because of Black Lives Matter. I'm really sad about that. But at the same time, it's like, at least you're paying attention to what's going on around you. You're not living in some little bubble. Yeah. Trying. I just want to see normal working class people. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Like, can we see who we actually are on the TV and not like super rich, polished people all the time? Yeah. Like in Toronto, there's, um, 
this guy, uh, he worked for one of the high, super high news stations in Toronto. It's like uh, called CP24. He like worked for them and he's black and Mm -hmm. he was like legit like the best because he would just say the like utmost hilarious things and he was so real and just so raw and like it was like the best representation Mm. of like us because it was pure Mm. like the station could not stop him they're not gonna fire him over it because like I mean you can't fire him because if black people realize and people of color realize like he's missing (laughs) they're gonna be at your doorstep wondering where the hell he went right so he was like awesome. He had like, um, what's his name? Brandon Gomez. And he was awesome. Like he had one time that he was like doing a, a streeter and this woman like came up behind him and he's like, ma'am, you're doing too much. <laughs> like, he <was> like, <laughs> He was like so raw and so real and there's one time the sun was like glistening on him and he got a glimpse of himself in the monitor and he's like, Oh, melanin popping. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did the like utmost and I loved it. I was so happy. And you know, something like now he like left and it was a really hard decision for him. And he left that media company that people would dream about like working for. Right. And he created his own nice. and he has his own like, weekly news segments on his YouTube channel. And I love it because it's like representation at its finest. Mm. He stated like it was really hard for him to want to leave, but he knew that he had to do it for himself. Yeah. And like, I love that, like that pure, genuine love of wanting to get stories out like it's just so pure and it's so beautiful to watch and it's so beautiful to watch coming from a man (laughs) like it's such a it's such a beautiful thing because it's like men are always told like you need the power you need the money you need the car to get the girls oh yeah and for him to be like I'm gonna step away from this because this is not what I am this is not representing me Mm-hmm. You know, sorry, dogs. Oh no, I'm actually really curious about your little dog. Oh, what a cute little! <laughs> oh my god, what is that, Chihuahua? Yeah. Oh, what a cutie! <laughs> he just woke up all of a sudden. He was sleeping on the pillow, and then he's like, ah. "He's <laughs> very cute. Thank you. Oh my goodness." <laughs> Um, wow, I honestly, I could just sit here and talk with you about the fucked upness of the world for hours. Um, I know, right? I know. So it feels crazy. so good. It feels really nice to like, kind of have a release of things, right? Exactly. I believe that the things that you see around you and that you take are very absorbable in your body you absorb all that stuff you absorb the negativity you absorb the media you you absorb whatever you're consuming right so it's like to be able to like release some of that like it's it's healing as well yeah add that with some crystals and some witchy magic and you're good (laughs) 
Yeah, I want to get into witchy stuff for sure. Um, I love witchy power. Like, I believe that everyone is a witch. <laughs> and it's just about tapping into it. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Want to be fabulous just like these strippers? Pay attention. It's Stripper Tips. Oh, my gosh. Insoles insoles are gonna be your best friend <laughs> like, it sounds so weird but like pleasers aren't always as comfortable as people go on especially like the ones like nowadays and stuff right the quality is getting really shitty <laughs> so I know. like insoles like it sounds so weird to say but like you need insoles. <laughs> so you so you put them in like the the padding part of the yeah, stripper the heel. You have like the little like not the full on right that you see in like your shoe, but they have like the little gels that go right on the pads of the feet and the heel and like just like and yeah, it's it makes such a world of a difference. I have done that before, and you're right. It does make a world of a difference. And for our audience members who don't know what pleasers are, because not everyone oh, is yes. a, a stripper, it's um this this stripper shoe company that we have been consuming for years and years, and um and now the because there's a higher demand for these shoes from civilians, um mm. <laughs> you know, and pole dance hobbyists, uh, they have you know, what, what we all are theorizing, I mean, we don't know, we're not looking at their books, but the product is cheaper, which means they're probably buying shittier materials, selling it at the same price, if not more. Yeah. yeah. I think I remember when like, those times where somebody would save for like a pair of like pleasers, and that would be like, mm -hmm. ah! like, it would be like, I just got a pair of pleasers. And it's like, yes, and now it's kind of like I see more people being like, just bought these and they're broken. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm seeing more and more of that. So I'm like, oh, got to yeah. go find some independent companies, right? Because mm -hmm. when people see that those companies that were like super high in demand are starting to make really crappy quality, that's when that's when those like small businesses are going to start booming. Cause they're going to start, there's going to be people that are going to create better things. Right. Yeah. It's all about research too. <laughs> yeah. And it's a good time to like sort of pressure our audience to purchase things from sex worker owned businesses, Which not only to support so them. Many. There are so many. So many. Mm -hmm. It's all about just doing some research. Like, Honestly, Amazon is great and I love it, but I always try to find that company that's on Amazon and see if I can buy whatever from them. Directly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even yeah. Etsy's really good with that kind of stuff. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. It's always <sighs> about helping the little guy. You don't know what kind of portion they're getting out of your sale on Amazon. Yeah, I mean, fuck Amazon union busting assholes anyway. So yeah, yeah. I really tried to avoid Amazon as much as possible. Yeah, 
it literally comes down to as much as possible. <laughs> you know that there's just certain things you're like, ah, <laughs> I don't want to do this. But <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. it's all about if you have the right intentions, really, it's about having the right intentions. Right, right. right. And moderation. Right. Yeah. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Question number one. If animals could talk, which animal would be the rudest? Hmm. I feel like a monkey. Monkeys throw shit at people. <laughs> so they would be like, fuck off. <laughs> good call. Good call. And then <laughs> throw shit. <laughs> I was expecting that. All right. What sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? Oh, my gosh. Tennis. <laughs> That's so funny. I was just thinking tennis. <laughs> like, I would love to see drunk people playing tennis or, like, badminton or something. Something that deals with, like, hand-eye coordination with tiny little things. Like... <laughs> I think that would be the greatest. Oh, so good. What would be your weapon of choice in a zombie apocalypse? Oh my gosh. Like some kind of like flamethrower or something. Like I need a flamethrower. Because then you wouldn't have to get that close. Zombies at a point in time. Like I was super obsessed with them. Like I was like, I got, I'm ready for anything. Do you have a zombie apocalypse team? Not a part of four for one. A follow-up question. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I'm, I still got to get that flamethrower. So. Yeah, get that first. Yeah, priorities. Last one. If you could invite three people to dinner, living or dead, who would you invite? Oh, my gosh. Cool. Um, I totally invite my great-grandma because I regret not listening to her more and asking her more questions about being able to be on a plane for the very first time and like all that kind of stuff she's Jamaican so like when Jamaican went independent that would have been cool to hear about lived experiences um who else living or dead oh my gosh this sounds so weird but I would love to talk to Oprah to find out if she's like whitewashing things to be more consumable. Mm. So when she first came out, she was very controversial. And then, you know, I don't know, people started loving her. <laughs> so like, I want to know, like, did you end up having to whitewash? Like, tell me a little bit about that. And the third person, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. I'm like stuck between a couple different people, but hmm, I would have loved to know, like, I don't have a relationship with my dad, so I would love to talk to his mom. His mom has passed away, and I would love to be like, so why is your kid the way that yeah, <laughs> like I think I like like to be like I don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah, explain this to me because I'm a very inquisitive person. So. Yeah, I love that. It's very thoughtful answers. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. 
Yeah. Um, I'm just going to do a plug real quick. Yeah. And then we're going to come back to you. So everyone, just one more reminder that this is a listener-funded podcast as of now, as we work towards building sponsorship partnerships with ethical brands. But if you really love this show and you want to give back, you can donate to us at paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast. The majority of the donations do go to our guests, retroactively to our past guests and to new and current guests, and also to your hosts, because we work for free. So it would be awesome if you could donate to Yes, a Stripper podcast at paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast. Jalicia, it has been such a pleasure talking with you. So amazing talking with you. Thank I, you. a breath of fresh air. Thank <laughs> you. Same. Can you please tell everyone how to follow you and learn more about your podcast so they can become new listeners to your show? Yeah. The Thoughtful Ho. So that's the name of the podcast. It's streaming on pretty much all platforms. I've seen the podcast pop up on like the most random of platforms. So you could literally find it anywhere. Awesome. So it's the uh, T-H-E, Thoughtful, T-H-O-T-F-U-L, Ho, H-O-E, so yeah, and then for the Instagram, it's the Thoughtful Ho Podcast. Awesome. Do you have anything coming up or that anything in particular that you want people to pay attention to in the next month or so? No, it's really awesome that you say that because um, I had a friend and was my friend was telling me like your logo is like so cool. Have you ever thought of putting it on something? And I was like. I've always wanted to have panties. Like I want to sell my panties for money. <laughs> so like I'm looking at kind of like looking into designing some panties out here. Oh my gosh. How fun. Please yeah, let us know. Crotchless numbers. It's always really hard to find. Crotchless. Like, crotchless panty. Like. Yes. And thongs and like boxers. I'm a huge, I'm literally wearing boxers now. I'm like a huge boxer person. I love a good boxer brief. So like, I want to try to create something for all people. Right? Yes. I, I don't want to just make things just for one. I need jock straps, all this kind of stuff. So. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. So please share links with, yeah. with, this podcast so that we can share your links because like I need new underwear in my life made by sex workers. So yes, please. (laughs) Thank you so much for having this platform for all types of people. And like, especially having a voice for sex workers, it's really, really important. Mm -hmm. Their voices are silenced all the time and people start making really terrible jokes about, like strippers and sex workers and all this stuff. And it, it just needs to stop. Mm. Not, we're not butt of jokes. Like, yeah, I agree. Thank you. And thank you for your work. And thank you for being with us here today. No pleasure. Yeah. And thank you to all of you out there in listening land for tuning in to Yes, a Stripper podcast. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and do all the things. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been a production with Period Podcast Network. Find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network. 
Be sure to follow us on Instagram too at yes, a stripper podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at yes, a stripper pod. Please like subscribe and rate. Yes. A stripper podcast here on YouTube. See you next week.